Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. We make money uh, decisions based on our emotions. I'm going to treat myself. I deserve it. Uh, I've been hungry before, so I'm going to put a little away for a rainy day. Uh, my grandfather used to say, a penny in the pile, make a dollar after a while. My grandfather also used to say, don't ever give up your last. You got to be able to stack a dollar on a dollar. Most of our decisions, most of the things we do when it comes to money are not about money, but about the behaviors we learned or grew up around. Amen. Let's get into the word. Uh, today's message is going to come from the gospel according to Luke, the, the 12th chapter, uh, chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. Again, that is the gospel according to Luke, chapter 12, verses 13 through 21. going to be reading the New Revised Standard Version of God's Word today. Amen. Uh, let's see what it has to say for us today. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Pray with me, please. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, pilgrim in a barren land. I am weak, but thou art mighty. Hold me with your powerful hand. Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed us until we want no more. Lord God, let every uh, word of my mouth and meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Allow this to be a word that leads people to a better relationship with you through your son, Jesus Christ. It is in that name that we pray. Amen. Uh, for the time that we get to spend together today, I'd like to talk a little bit about being rich 
toward God. Rich toward God. Um, I have a background uh, professionally in technology, but my education is in business. And because of my education in business, I know a little bit about a lot of things when it comes to business, uh, including investing. I don't consider myself the most brilliant investor, but I know enough to be dangerous. Uh, I know how to read a balance sheet and an income statement, and I, I know how to read these things. And because I know enough to be dangerous, I stay away from certain fads and uh, certain things that people try to sell, pretending to be investments. One of those things I avoid is cryptocurrency. Uh, I believe cryptocurrency is a good thing, uh, but not an investment. It's supposed to be used as a secure means of buying something where it's secure and anonymous. It's not supposed to be an investment. Uh, investors uh, are, are, are out there, pseudo-investors, folks trying to get paid. They're touting cryptocurrency as the currency of the future and lining people up to invest now before they become more valuable. The problem is, is cryptocurrency is highly speculative. Uh, and just like real currencies, cryptocurrencies generate no cash flow. So in order to get a profit, someone's got to pay more for your cryptocurrency than you did. And that is called the greater fool theory of investment. I bought something for $5, and because I bought it for 5 I got to sell it for 10 whether it makes money or not. And companies that trade in cryptocurrency, it seems like every week another one is going bankrupt. We cannot put our money into things that won't last. We have to put our money into things that will help the greater good. Here we go, another pastor talking about money. Yes, you know, interestingly enough, Jesus talked about money. Jesus talked about money more than a lot of things in the Bible. Jesus talked a lot about money, but it seems bad to talk about it in the church. You know, 11 out of uh, the 39 or 40 parables that Jesus told mentioned money. In the gospel, according to Luke, money is mentioned on an average of one every seven verses. I, I recall recently people getting worked up about a, re a, a mega church pastor talking about tithing and everybody had their opinions and I didn't really participate in the back and forth, uh, at least not publicly, because I happen to know a sober fact. Most people don't tithe anyway. The average giver in the church gives somewhere around two to two and a half percent of their income. Matter of fact, only according to a couple published reports, 
only 5% of churchgoers tithe. Um, 1.5 million out of uh, close to 240 million U.S. citizens that identify as Christian, only 1.5 of them tithe. Now, of the people that do tithe, uh, 77% of the people that do tithe give more than 10%. Uh, we are not out here getting rich in the church. <laughs> if every Christian actually tithed, faith organizations would have an extra one point or $139 billion annually. Uh, it's even between people who prefer online giving versus face-to-face -face giving. But while we complain about a pastor talking about tithing and, and we think that people are getting rich off of the church, we're not. The average weekly giver only gives $17 per week or $800 a year. Maybe we should talk a little bit more about money than we do. With the level of bankruptcies and foreclosures and predatory lending, maybe we should talk about that. I am a firm believer that the pastor should be preaching, bring ye tithes into the storehouse, but also out making sure that the people have a living wage. Amen. It's not either or, it's both and. The point is, we ought to talk a lot more about money, whether in the church or out of the church. And see, we, we come across a passage in the Bible where Jesus is talking about money. Jesus has been preaching to the crowd in Luke chapter 12, and a young man comes up warning Jesus to resolve a dispute between this young man and his brother about money. Resolving disputes was common in the Bible. Moses did it. There's also a whole book about it called Judges. Uh, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 20, uh, 21 tells us how the sons are supposed to divide the inheritance from their father. But I guess this young man thought that he did not get his fair share. And Jesus doesn't make a judgment or a ruling on it, but instead takes his time to use this as an opportunity to educate the people, not about money, but about priorities. Uh, you see, the rich fool in the parable uh, uh, had a preoccupation with possessions. Uh, he put too much security in self-sufficiency and was under the grasp of greed. The rich fool thought he knew the future. He thought that things would only get better because things were good now. Other people uh, have this same thought. I remember working in retail and learning that even though I was a worker in retail, the manager had a goal that they had to sell for the entire store that day. And, and one of the places I worked, 
Ironically, it's out of business now, but one of the places I worked, the manager basically told me that if you sold $105 on this day last year, they said you needed to sell $110 on the day of the year going. And I said, but what happens if there's an anomaly? What happens if somebody just came out of the blue and bought a whole bunch of stuff and it was a one-time gift? Why would they continue to expect the next time to be better? He said, that's just the way it goes. Uh, but it's not just in retail. If a large co corporation turns a profit this year, they expect to turn a larger profit next year. And if they don't turn a larger profit the next year, somebody is getting fired. We always, we always expect tomorrow to be greater than yesterday. And so did the rich fool in the parable. But life is full of ups and downs. Life is full of transitions. It is not always sunshine and daffodils. And that goes for money too. You see, when Jesus brought up the story of the rich, rich fool, uh, he was not being anti-rich. He was being anti-greed. Take care, he says, to be on your guard against all kinds of what? Greed. In verse 15, he says that life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. He warns them to take care. Uh, the Greek word meaning to see, uh, to understand, to comprehend. Jesus is saying you all don't get it. Open your eyes and guard against greed in all its forms. You see, money is not just about the possessions and, 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 and the accumulation of wealth. It's about priorities. Most of the decisions that we make about money are not rational, uh, thought-out, scientific, data-based decisions. We make money uh, decisions based on our emotions. I'm going to treat myself. I deserve it. Uh, I've been hungry before, so I'm going to put a little away for a rainy day. Uh, my grandfather used to say, a penny in the pile, make a dollar after a while. My grandfather also used to say, don't ever give up your last. You got to be able to stack a dollar on a dollar. Most of our decisions, most of the things we do when it comes to money are not about money, but about the behaviors we learned or grew up around. And so when Jesus talked about money in the Bible as much as he did, he talked about money as much as he did because he was really getting to your behavior. Open your eyes and guard against greed in all forms. We understand, though, that there's a need for security. And security was important in ancient times when, when it was very easy to steal things, uh, when we didn't have high-tech options. We didn't have cameras and Wi-Fi and locks and, 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 and smart homes. Uh, and, and so we would have to look into the darkness and make sure that no one is lurking in the alley. Keep your wits about you. He says, don't let greed grab you. And rob you of your life. Uh, Jesus means that greed is a detour that quickly becomes a one-way street to a dead end. There's no cul-de-sac. You, you, you can't turn around. 
Once greedy, always greedy. He's saying that once you've grabbed it, it's got you and you're hooked. And it seems like it'll never be satisfied. Uh, you'll never have enough. That's why Jesus says uh, life does not consist of an abundance of possessions. Because when you get to one level, that won't be enough. You'll get accustomed to that level and keep going. So Jesus is telling us to think about more than just how much money we have in our pockets. The alternative to greed is generosity. Um, like the widow whom Jesus and the disciples watched when she donated in the temple, she taught the, the disciples that generosity is more than an amount. It's also an attitude. It's not measured by how much we give, but how much it costs us. Truly, I tell you, he said in Luke 21, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they contributed out of their abundance, but she out of poverty has put in all she had to live on. Jesus does not pull any punches when he calls the rich fool a fool. The rich fool thought everything was great and was going to be even better tomorrow. Uh, but the word used for fool in the text uh, not only means uh, without reason, senseless, foolish, or inconsiderate, the word uh, used for it is, is closely related to also the word that's used for the diaphragm and the midriff during the breathing process, inhaling and exhaling. Basically, when Jesus was calling the rich fool a fool in this parable, he was calling them a bag of wind. You... Fool, you big bag of wind, you are partying, partying like there is no tomorrow. But in fact, there's no tonight. This very night, your soul is required of you. Luke 12 is inviting us to place our trust in something more durable than the, the volatile global economy. Instead of banking on building bigger barns, God invites us into the eternal economy of God's grace and mercy. And the good news is, is this is available at every season of the year. You see, Jesus is not anti-rich. Being rich and possessing an abundance of belongings is not the problem. The problem is forgetting God. Forgetting to get down on your knees and say, thank you, God, for everything that you have given to me. Thank you for the life, health and strength. Thank you for putting food on my table. Thank you for putting clothes on my backs. God is the giver of all things. You see, this man says when he, he's in the, the, the rich parable, he thinks that he created the abundance. But the text says the land produced abundantly. Not the man. The land produced abundantly. It was the land that produced this crop and the rich man had nothing to do with it. God gave him the blessings. And so we can be rich towards God. 
That means using resources to benefit one's neighbor, someone in need, just like the Good Samaritan did. Being rich towards God means intentionally listening to Jesus' word. Being rich towards God means prayerfully trusting God will provide for our needs of life. It means giving alms to establish a lasting treasure in heaven. It's not about the money. It's about your mindset. Do you love those riches more than you love God? Are you using those things for only your own personal benefit and not helping anybody else? Being rich is not the bad thing. Having the funds is not the bad thing. What are your priorities when you get them? We have to be willing to be generous for God because God was generous for us. I can't think of anything worth more than someone's only begotten child who pays the ultimate sacrifice so that we might have access to the kingdom, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Where are our priorities at? Again, it's not about the funding. It's about how you feel about it and what you do when you've gotten it. We have gotten the most expensive, greatest gift in the world in access to salvation, in access to eternal life in Christ Jesus. How can we not be generous to others when we've gotten the greatest gift of all? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Pray with me, please. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We thank you for every good and perfect gift that comes from above. We thank you for this opportunity to gather and worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord God, we ask that this word go forth with the help of your Holy Spirit to your holy people in your holy church for your holy kingdom. That if there is someone that desires to know Jesus Christ in the pardoning of their sins, they will ask, what must I do to become saved? Let this message bless those who heard it and those who will hear it later. Let it be a seed that is planted in good soil and produces a great harvest for your kingdom, 30, 60, 100 fold. It is in your son's precious, perfect, powerful name, Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simp Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching, and God bless.